The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. Good morning, Fountain of Life. It is great to share this moment with you. Sit under God's word. Happy Thanksgiving week. We want to think about the theme of Thanksgiving from this book we've been studying, the book of Revelation. So with that theme in mind, we're going to turn to Revelation chapter 11, verses 15 to 18. Again, that's Revelation chapter 11, verses 15 to 18. This is God's word. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning uh, carrying many burdens, many concerns. And Lord, we hear this call to be thankful. Lord, we pray that you would turn our eyes to you and who you are and what you've done, that you would open our ears and our hearts to your word. And that as we spend this time together, you would speak to each one of us, each one who hears. Um, have your way with us, Lord. Form our minds and our hearts, turn us to Christ, and transform us more and more into his likeness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's Thanksgiving week, 2020. And I wonder if you can relate to this. Sometimes it's difficult to feel thankful 2020 has been full of challenges to our sense of thanksgiving, hasn't it? Uh, to be honest, even this week when I heard of the increasing state regulations due to blooming COVID cases, I'll admit thanksgiving was not the first affection or feeling that appeared in my mind and heart. But you know, one incredible benefit for my Christian life is the constant need to write sermons and so I have to wrap my mind around God's word and let God's word form my heart. You know, weeks ago, I planned for this morning a sermon on the theme of thanksgiving in the book of Revelation. <laughs> so it was good for me that this week I was forced to be reminded of something. And perhaps this reminder is most succinctly expressed in 1 Thessalonians. We remember that church was a church that grew out of and faced persecution like we've never experienced. And Paul wrote this to them, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. This is our reminder. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we can ask, you know, what is God's will for my life? We can ask, what is his will for us as a church? And for some situations, those answers can be very difficult to discern. But in other ways, the answer is always crystal clear. Listen to this. God's will for your life is never less than this. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks each one of these all the time in all circumstances. That's God's will for our lives. So here's the idea for this morning. Christians are to be a thankful people no matter what happens. Christians are to be a thankful people no matter what happens. In fact, cultivating thankfulness is part of is part of what gets us through whatever happens faithfully. Friends, if we're not thankful, we're prideful. We're embittered. There's discord. We'll look elsewhere for satisfaction. But when we are thankful, there's joy and there's peace and there's endurance and there's faithfulness. And so it's true, Christians are to be thankful no matter what happens. And cultivating that thankfulness is part of what gets Christians through whatever happens faithfully. And that's what I want to unpack with you from Revelation and some other texts this morning. And we'll remember as we've been studying Revelation that it's mainly about being faithful to Jesus, our conquering king, through this age of tribulation, whatever it brings. Tribulation is that pressure and suffering Christians will face in this time between Jesus' exaltation and his return. Remember that chapter 6 showed us tribulation comes in many forms. There's tyrannical governments, societal discord, economic collapse, disease, pandemic, things that lead to premature death, even persecution. Of course, we remember the original recipients of this book were facing tribulation of many kinds. And so John wrote them so that they could be empowered to be faithful to Jesus, their king, no matter what came, no matter what the cost. And this, that, that is what this letter is meant to do for us as well. And so we, as we have that in our minds, faithfulness through tribulation, it's fascinating to see that throughout this letter, with all its seals and trumpets of wrath and difficulty, there are these pockets of praise spread throughout the book. There are these windows into worship. It's like we get a break from all the tribulation to see visions of God's people before his throne caught up in awestruck wonder at his glory. Worship enables faithfulness. We've seen several examples in our study through Revelation so far into these windows of worship. In each one, there are certain characters that stand out as they worship before the throne of God. This morning, I want to remind you of the 24 elders. The 24 elders. Here's one example of this picture of praise from Revelation 7. Look at verses 11 to 12. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders. 
and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and, and what else? Thanksgiving. And honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. The elders worship with thanksgiving. Here's another picture from Revelation 11, the text we read this morning. Revelation 11, 16. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God. Now look at what they said in verse 17. Saying, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. So let's just ask this question one more time. Who are these 24 elders that sit on these thrones? Well, I think there's good reason to believe that the elders represent all of God's worshiping people from all time. For instance, you've got 12 tribes of Israel. You've got 12 apostles of Christ. They sit on thrones. It's a picture of God's worshiping people who will reign with him forever. And the example of the elders is what I want to point out this morning. They're constantly worshiping. And as they worship and praise, they are full of thanksgiving. When God's people see God for who he is, God's people praise. And part of that praise is thanksgiving. It's being thankful. So here's what we need to see. These windows into worship show us that Christians are to be people who are thankful even in tribulation. Moreover, that thankfulness to God is what gets them through tribulation faithfully. Thankfulness is so important. With this in mind, I want to do three things with you this morning. I want to remember some of what Thanksgiving is. I want to remember some core things for which we are to be thankful. And then I want us all just to receive a challenge to cultivate Thanksgiving in our own minds and hearts and in our church community. So I want to remember some of what Thanksgiving is, remember some core things to be thankful for, and then receive a challenge to cultivate Thanksgiving in ourselves and in our church community. So first, let's think about what Thanksgiving is. You know, there's an amazing relationship between Thanksgiving and praise. We thought a lot about praise last week. If you missed that message, check it out on our website. We said there that praise is the expression of joy that comes from encountering the beautiful. So somehow you taste, you see something glorious, wonderful, beautiful, amazing. It gives, it gives you joy. You, you appreciate it. And then you want to express that enjoyment to and with others. In fact, the expression of the enjoyment really is the culmination of the joy. That's what praise is. As we saw last week, praise is actually the point of our salvation. Look at Ephesians 1, 4 to 6. Think of what our God has done for us. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the what? To the praise of his glorious grace. 
as we see God's grace for us in choosing us, though we were so undeserving, in uniting us to Jesus Christ, his very son, and to bringing us to himself as his children, we, are, we, we, just, we praise him for his goodness. We experience this joy and we express it. We are satisfied in him and he is glorified in us. So what then does thanksgiving have to do with praise? Well, I think thanksgiving is a certain kind of praise. Thanksgiving is the unique kind of joy you, ex- when you experience as you realize you got to enjoy something beautiful at another's expense. And we said praise is enjoying something beautiful and expressing that joy. Gratitude is praise plus realizing that the reason you got to see and enjoy and taste the beautiful was that someone else paid the cost to bring you in. Someone was generous to you. Someone else did the work. So we can really say that grateful praise is the point of our salvation. Look, what, look at the way Paul talks about his ministry of spreading the gospel in 2 Corinthians 4.15. 2 Corinthians 4.15, Paul writes this, This ministry is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase, what? Thanksgiving to the glory of God. You see the point of his work? As As the gospel is spreading, People receive and see God's grace. Do you remember what grace is? Undeserved, lavish love of God for his people in Christ Jesus. And grace itself means someone else paid the cost. Someone else did the work. Someone else was generous. Someone else is giving. And when people receive the gospel and they believe in who Jesus is and what he's done, thanksgiving explodes, doesn't it? It must, because we're realizing that beauty is tasted and beheld at the great cost paid for by another. So we learn something about thanksgiving here. It's a kind of praise, and it's personal. It's personal. We're not just thankful for That's popular in our culture, isn't it? Let's be thankful for. And it kind of ends up as this vague sense of feeling fortunate, you know? Lucky me, I'm I'm thankful for. True, true, True gratitude is far more than that. It's far more than thankful for. True gratitude is thankful to. It's face to face. It's relational. It means that someone was personally kind and generous to you. And that someone ought to be thanked, is meant to be thanked. In fact, your joy in who that person is and what that person has done can't be complete until that person is thanked. And so we see how essential thanksgiving is to the heart of a Christian. Thankful to God for who he is and what he's done to bring us to himself. So thankfulness then is the kind of praise that comes from enjoying something beautiful at another's expense. And thankfulness is shockingly important to the Christian life. 
I think it's part of saving faith. I want to remember what it's like to be lost in sin with you. Look at Romans 1.18. Romans 1.18. There Paul writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, for God has shown it to them. Now look at verse 21. For although they knew God, listen up, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images. Do you see that thanklessness to God is a core aspect of our sin? In fact, to not be thankful to God is to not be thinking clearly at all. It's to believe the lie, right? That God's not good. His word's not true. He is to be replaced or ignored, not honored and not thanked. This is our willing suppression of the truth. This is our unbelief. This is a great evil to deny the value of the giver and what he gives. That makes us worthy of his just wrath. So the prideful, rebellious heart refuses to give thanks, to be thankful to God. But to be a Christian is to have that heart reversed, isn't it? Isn't it to have that changed through faith in what Jesus has done for us on the cross? We confess our sin and the wrath we deserve. We see that Jesus took what we deserved on the cross And through faith in him and what he's done, we are changed, our hearts are transformed so that we can relate to God as we ought, so that we can be satisfied in him and his goodness and therefore full of thanksgiving. Christians have had their hearts changed, supposedly, so that we can be humble enough to be thankful to God. Have you ever ever pondered um, how thanksgiving takes humility? It takes humility, and I think that's part of what makes it so hard. To be truly, deeply thankful, you're admitting your need and how you needed to rely on someone else's goodness and mercy and not on your own ability to do it yourself. No, it's humbling. But Christ will have his people happy to be humbled We are happy to say we rely on the mercy of God. We are happy to acknowledge that we've received the greatest gift bought at the greatest cost by another. We deserve God's wrath. Instead, God gave us his son. Jesus came and lived perfect life and died for our sins on the cross and rose from the dead so that through faith in him, we could inherit God himself and share the kingdom with Christ. And what do our hearts say as we hear that message? Mine says, praise God. And it says, thank God. So which is it? It's both. Because thankfulness is that unique sort of praise where we have been enabled to enjoy ultimate beauty at the incredible cost paid for by another. And thankfulness, therefore, is at the heart of our faith. Thankfulness to God for his kindness and mercy towards us in Christ. 
So I want to think with you now about some things to be thankful for. Some things to be thankful to God for. Number one, let's just remember, we are to be humbly thankful to God for everything. Everything. Look at 1 Timothy 4, verse 4. Everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. When you live your life according to the designs revealed in God's word, there's incredible Christian freedom to enjoy everything around you as a gift. And therefore, all of life is full of thankfulness. How easy it is to forget every delicious bite, every day of health, every kiss from the wind, every sunset. It's a gift from the giver. And we ought to be so deeply thankful to him for everything that he gives. But of course, there's something even greater. We've said it already. We're going to say it again. The thing most precious, most Worthy of our thanksgiving is God's salvation for us in the gospel. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Paul writes, We pray that you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Doing what? Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Isn't it amazing that you are qualified to inherit the kingdom of Jesus Christ? And what on earth qualified you for that? Was it your wisdom or your goodness or your intellect? No, no, and no. God has qualified us for his kingdom through his son. Jesus alone met the qualifications. His life was perfect. His death complete for our sins. His resurrection victorious. And through faith in him, God has transferred us out of darkness into his kingdom. What will your heart be full of if you get just a glimpse of that gift that God would qualify you for such a thing? You'd be thankful. And I want you to see, again, the connection between verse 11 and verse 12. In verse 12, we're giving thanks to the Father. Thank you for qualifying us. Thank you for taking us out of darkness into the kingdom of your Son. And look what that thanksgiving is enabling in verse 12. We pray that you'd be strengthened with all power. You know, if we pause there, you're thinking of... uh, some victorious kind of life. Look again, we pray that you'd be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for what? For all endurance and patience with joy. Now for how many of you, the words endurance and patience, they don't you know, quickly now bring up the idea of joy. Endurance isn't usually something that gives joy. Uh, Patience is not, I just want to wait longer. I enjoy it so much. No, it's not like that. 
This is talking about faithfulness through hard times. This is, this is talking about making it through tribulation. How is it that you can make it through tribulation faithfully with joy? Well, verse 12. You're giving thanks to the Father. Christians are to be thankful through whatever life brings. And that thankfulness to God and what he's done for us helps us to be faithful through whatever life brings. It gives strength and power for endurance and patience with joy. So we want to humbly be thankful to God for everything. We want to especially be thankful to God for his salvation in the gospel. Third, we want to be thankful for God's sovereign faithfulness. Look again at our text for this morning, 11, Roman, or excuse me, Revelation 11, 16 to 18. Just hear it again. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped, saying, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you've taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. You see here in this seventh trumpet, the picture of what will occur at Christ's return. The kingdom of this world become explicitly the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And we see this vision, this window into worship to show us that this moment will certainly come to pass. It's as good as done, it will come. And so we see then that the rock of God's faithful character is a source of great thanksgiving. He's called the Lord God Almighty, who is and who was. And so we're reminded that he's eternal. He's all-sufficient. He's all-wise. He's all-powerful. He's holy. He's faithful. He never changes. He's in total control. And one day he will keep all of his promises as Jesus Christ returns, and he will reign explicitly He will perfectly judge evil and deliver his people. Do not fear at all the injustice. All truth will be told. All justice will be done. Each person will stand before Christ and answer for every thought, word, and deed. Judgment will come. It will be clean and it will be perfect. And God's people will be vindicated. Those who genuinely trust Christ and show evidence of that in their lives will be delivered and richly rewarded for their faithfulness that God has enabled in them. What a hope that is through tribulation. And what a source of thanksgiving it is to be that God will certainly be faithful in his sovereign control and return for his people. Don't you see it? We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty. You're going to keep your promises. Do you see again how God's people are to be thankful through whatever comes? And in fact, as that thankfulness is cultivated, that helps them be faithful through whatever comes. We know he will return and we give thanks to him for his faithfulness. 
The fourth thing to be thankful to God for, I think it's so important in these times, is we wanna be thankful to God for one another. We wanna be thankful to God for one another, for our local church. Look what Paul wrote in Philippians 1, verse three. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. As Christians in a local church, we share the greatest partnership. We have fellowship in Jesus Christ. God has brought us near to himself by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And as God has brought us to himself, he has brought us to one another. And that sense of one another, that unity we have in the gospel is part of what God uses to complete his work in us. And so Paul is so thankful for the church, for the local church. And we are to be thankful as well. How would you know Christ? How could you grow in Christ? How could you make it through tribulation without faithful brothers and sisters around you? What a gift of God that we are not alone. So we've seen some of what thankfulness is. It's, it's a beautiful aspect of praise. It's the, the, the thrill of enjoying something wonderful and beautiful at the cost paid for by another. It's at the heart of the Christian life to be thankful, things to be thankful for, everything, especially the gospel, the rock of God's character and his sovereignty and his faithfulness and the local church. So here's then a challenge for each one of us. It's to cultivate thankfulness through tribulation in our hearts and minds and in our community. You know, these, these scenes in Revelation, these pockets of praise, these windows into worship, they encourage us to cultivate thankfulness to God and who he is and what he's done, even as we go through tribulation as part of faithful endurance. And so therefore, we need to cultivate thanksgiving in our hearts. We need to cultivate it. Look for ways to do it. Pursue it. Build it up. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Here's one example of cultivating faithfulness. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. I just have to chuckle going through 2020 and then reading that verse. Do not be anxious about anything. How do you do that? But in everything, by prayer and supplication with, oh, here it is, with what? With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, there's something about thankfulness and anxiety that they don't go well together. The more thankful you are, the less anxious you'll be. The more anxious you are, the less thankful you'll be. Why is that the case? Well, come on, isn't, it, isn't right at the heart of anxiety the idea that God has left the building and you're on your own? No one good is in control. It's all gonna burn. That's anxiety. But thanksgiving, that's the idea. You know what? God's right here and he's working for my good. God's close. 
God's awake, God's aware. When we pray, Paul says, pray with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God, I thank you. I thank you as I pray what I'm praying. Wow, it's an amazing way to cultivate thanksgiving. So I just wanna ask you right now, what gets more focus in your life day to day, the word and thankful prayer or your newsfeed? What gets the meditation of your heart more day to day, the word and thankful prayer or social media? You know, we are constantly being discipled and formed by these inputs, and not all of them cultivate thankfulness to God. So cultivate it in your heart and in your mind. Also, cultivate thanksgiving in community. In community. Cultivate thanksgiving in our community. These visions and revelations show a community of people giving thanks, not lonely individuals by themselves. It's the, it's the group, it's the crowd thanking God together. It reminds us the church is to be a thankful community. Look at Colossians 3, 15 to 16. Count the references to thanksgiving. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, all of you together, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks. To God the Father through him. We are to cultivate a thankful community, aren't we? I, just, I wonder what rules in your heart right now when it comes to our relationships with one another. Is it the peace Jesus won on the cross? If it is, we'll be thankful. Does the word dwell in our relationships together? Are we giving thanksgiving in our hearts to God himself for his goodness? And did you hear this command? Whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks. This is a boundary for our behavior, isn't it? If you can't think it, say it, or do it in the name of Jesus with thankfulness to God in order to build up his people, maybe you should think twice before you think it, before you say it, and before you do it. Let's express our thanks. I want you to know, Fountain of Life, how thankful I am for you, for your love for God, for your desire to be faithful, for your willingness to serve, for the way you bear with me over and over again in my, thank, in my failings. And I want to give you a challenge today, each one of you. I want you to voice your thanks to a brother or sister that's a part of our church community today. And I don't want it to be me. I want you to reach out to somebody today whether it's personal words or a text or a call, and I want you to say to somebody, I'm thankful to God for this quality of Christ, for this picture of Jesus that I see in you. Will you do that today? Because Christians are to be thankful in tribulation. That's part of how Christians make it faithfully through tribulation. Thankfulness is that unique kind of praise that comes from the expression of joy received at the cost paid by another. 
And thankfulness is at the heart of Christian worship. It's a hallmark of Christian maturity. So let's cultivate it. Thankfulness to God for the gospel. Thankfulness to God for his sovereign faithfulness to his people. Thankfulness to God for and with one another. All to his glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would lift our eyes to you and your goodness and the cost, the cost that was paid to bring us sinful people into your presence as your children. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the cost. Thank you for your generosity and your grace. Fill us with thanksgiving for who you are, for your faithfulness, for what you've done. May it make us thankful people and a thankful church. All for your glory, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.